Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in this week. We're going to slow it down this week. Last week was a very high-paced episode. A lot of different guests on the pod last week, but uh, today it's just Jack, myself, and we are remotely connected because I was a little sick this weekend, so it's going to be a relaxed, chill pod, but let's get into it. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Last week was kind of stressful, don't you agree, Jack? It was. It was. Uh, it was an exciting episode, really jam packed. Uh, the edit was very stressful. For sure. I will say, um, as someone who's who's you know more new to podcast editing than you are, Tom, uh, it was a little bit stressful. But I hope the listeners liked it. Definitely set a record for guests on the Pipe It Up podcast. The listeners liked it. I got some feedback on it, and uh, you know we wanted to go. We went for a straight home run. I kind of knew mm-hmm. just based on the analytics of the pod that the the viewers like and the listeners like uh, more guests. You know, the more guests, the merrier it seems. So I was like, let's just go for it. <laughs> I texted everybody <laughs> who's in that World Series. I was like, if you want to get on this week, join us. So we had a lot of people. And then Kyle's like, I'm coming on the pod tomorrow night. And I was like, well, what's what's the matter? One more person. How about it? So it might it be got, it might be one of yeah it might be one of those uh it might be one of those like old baseball records that just hang around for a really long it might, time it might that that's gonna be a tough one to break it will be and I I think we we learned a lot actually doing that it was it was a bit much and it was a lot of new things taken on from us at one time that was our first ever in person three man pod as well as all those virtual guests so it was it was a lot that we had going on but I think we pulled it off pretty well like I said we got good feedback on it so. I think we were able to fake it till we made it, if, if for lack of, of better words. So that's the name of the game. That is the name of the game. That's what we're all about here. So uh, it was a fun one, but we're slowing it down this week. And like I said, I was unfortunately sick uh, this last weekend for the first time in years. By the way, like literally years, I hadn't been sick like that where I was straight bedridden for twenty four hours. But I seem to be past it. My goal was to try to like rest it off and sleep it off. I was like, I need to be good to go by Monday. And I definitely wasn't 100% today, especially this morning. I was feeling really slow still, but I'm feeling decent now. I got some, you know, I got some food in me throughout the day, slowly, you know, easing back into it. I'm feeling decent now, and I didn't want to expose Jack to whatever I have because based on the data that I have, Jack, it appears that um, 11 of the 14 (laughs) members at my Thanksgiving dinner all have had this bug over the last three or four days. So this thing is more contagious than anything I've ever seen before. So I don't want you anywhere near it. I know you just started a new job, so I yes, want to keep you home the, uh, the first week. Yeah. The, uh, the holidays can be somewhat of a super spreader event. <laughs> if you're not careful, this actually <laughs> happened to my family last year. We, uh, we decided before going to our Christmas gathering that had about 25 people that we would, uh, take covid tests to make sure nobody had them or nobody had covid Mm -hmm. and uh no one had no one tested positive on any of the covid tests and then shortly after christmas i would say probably 75 percent of the people ended up with covid so someone brought it um i don't really know if we knew who the person who started it was but someone did and yeah it was kind of just like it's such a bummer. It's such a it's bummer. It's such a bummer to have that after a great week like it was last week with Thanksgiving and all that. Exactly. Yeah. And uh it it, it feels like the holidays, it's you know, the winter, like here in Michigan, obviously it's cold. Um, you know, your immunity is like just more susceptible to illnesses and stuff. I'm surprised that you said you've only gotten sick like it, this is the first time in a few years cuz I feel like I get sick around this time almost every year I've been my, my birthday is at the end of December and I've been sick on my birthday probably four or five times. So like, and that's never fun either, but. Oh, when I was really young, like elementary school, middle school days, it seemed like once a year in February or March, I'd go down with some kind of stomach flu, flu bug, or I'd be home from school for, you know, two, three days with, you know, I don't want to give TMI, but you know, the works as, as it comes with the flu. But that's really slowed down. Like I said, I remember specifically me and my roommate, Noah Dabrico at Michigan State, both went down um, with a stomach flu type thing our freshman year, spring 2018. And since then, you know, I've had COVID two times confirmed, possibly more that I haven't tested for. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've never like had like that full blown, you know, the fever symptoms, the, the nauseousness, all that kind of stuff that just really sucks. 
That's what I had this was, weekend, and it was bad. Um, I don't want to waste the whole pod talking about it, but you guys, you guys know how it goes. When you get sick and, like, you're in yeah. bed, like, that when it first hits you, like, a brick wall, and you're, like, fighting for your life, like, it's a war between your body, your mind, and your soul, and you just go head-to-head-to-head to head to head for, for it sure. felt like, hours. I remember, like I said, when it first hit, the, the window between, like, 10.45 on Saturday night and midnight Saturday night might as well have been a whole year off my life. Like, <laughs> time was, it was a war. And slow. It was. <laughs> it was literally a war. Yeah, yesterday, I laid low, laid in bed most of the day, didn't do too much work at all. Managed to get a TikTok up, but um, I watched the original Avatar movie because I know the sequel's coming out in a few weeks, so I'm excited about that. So rewatch that to catch myself up. Gotta go see. Uh, I I I don't know if I'm like the biggest fan anymore of going to the movies, like the actual event of going. I never to have the been movies. Um, it's something fun to do. It's just pretty expensive now, and there's a lot of other ways to like also get the same sort of entertainment. However, I would definitely go see the new Avatar. That's one I want to see, just because. Yeah, that movie is going to be cool. I'm really excited. For Although that. I'll share kind of a funny story. So, obviously, when the first Avatar came out, that was it was close to a decade ago now, maybe even more than that. When did that movie mm-hmm. come out, Jack? It might have been before the 2010s. Yeah, it's been a while. Want, it's been. I mean, I hit time. a quick Google real quick. Let's hit it. Yeah, hit a Google. Hit a Google search. I'm gonna guess. It was 2009, Two. so it's been 13 oh, uh, years since that movie came out. So anyway, yeah. I remember seeing it the first time, thinking it was all right, and then I watched it again like a year later or so when it came out on DVD, mm-hmm. and I watched it again and really enjoyed it. So I had this memory of like really enjoying it in my head, and I wanted to rewatch it before the sequel came out. And for the record, I did enjoy it. Good movie, but it's funny now looking at it from like my mindset of where I'm at right now, which is like always overanalyzing videos specifically youtube videos but the movie it reminded me a lot of when i edit our podcast clips for instagram and the reason being is because the plot even though it's a three-hour movie like the plot still jumps around a lot if you watch it back Mm -hmm. jack i wonder if you'll notice this or fans at home if you want to see the sequel or heard about it and are interested in seeing it you know watch this first one um it moves quick especially at the beginning you know and it makes you infer a lot of things that are happening and mm-hmm. it reminded me of like when I edit our clips, like Jack, I'll take a five minute clip of our conversation and try to really cut it down to like a minute, like really take the most important sentences that are important to the plot of the story and combine those together as if that's how, how yep. our conversation actually went. Does that make sense? So I wonder, I didn't do any research on it, but I wonder if there was more scene shot for that movie than, than they're like, oh crap, we have five hours of footage here. Like what do we do <laughs> type thing? Because there is a lot of stuff that jumps around quite quick so it was interesting yeah. to me to look at it from that perspective and that lens and trying to put the pieces together like from more of a editorial standpoint so I, th- I found that interesting but i did enjoy the movie for the most part that's a very interesting insight what i always liked about that movie is that you always i feel like now film and you know productions have been around for so long there's only so many themes and motifs yep that 100%. exist in the exist in art you know in production mm-hmm. so a lot of like new films are kind of about like how do you reinvent those same sure, sort of themes sure. and and avatar is a great example where you know how many different like cowboys and indians type movies are there right mm-hmm. where it's kind of like the new technology first like the yep you know the older whatever the natives like that's that's kind of what it is and that movie just made you feel like it was something you had never seen before which you hadn't but at the same time if you really just look at it from a broad scope it's a theme that's been done you know hundreds of times in 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 film which was which is really cool that's why i really like that movie i mean yeah most tv shows and movies when it boils down to it it's kind of a love story right i mean even avatar is a love story but it is very unique like the science and like the the plot behind that whole movie is so so creative and it is like inspiring like wow someone actually like thought of all this and put this together yeah i'm really yep. interested to see what they do with the sequel to be honest i haven't even seen the trailer all the way through um i know it's like the subtitle of the movie something to do with water but it's interesting to me i'm definitely going to see it and, and take note of it and i'm curious to talk to kyle now after watching that um i'm sure next time he's on the pod he'll address this but i wonder how much like 
I wonder if he still enjoys like watching movies and shows as much as he used to, or is it if he's like overanalyzing everything and every cut and that kind of stuff? Because that's how I felt yesterday for like the first time ever, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely more critical of shows than I used to be. But yesterday, when like certain scenes were cutting in between, I'm like, wow, that was a like a pretty drastic change from scene to scene. So I don't know. It was interesting to me from a YouTuber standpoint. And I'm wondering if I'm, I'm sure, wondering if other YouTubers go through similar stuff. I'm sure Kyle, with all his um, practice and studying that he's done in, you know, what are what are basically short films that he produces, right? Mm-hmm. Like for the MLW videos. I'm sure he enjoys watching movies like that and just picking up on different camera you know yep uh ideas or you know practices techniques um also like the soundtrack i remember the soundtrack being really good for avatar yep and and i know kyle puts a big emphasis on that in the mlw videos so i'm sure he still enjoys it but you're right i could also see him uh not watching it as just the everyday moviegoer trying to enjoy some some action and some love but a little bit more technical analysis going into it Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a lot of what we do in MLW kind of does, of course, have overlap to like other passions that we have within our personal lives, right? Well, I think I talked about on here before how like the Mallards jersey kind of took inspiration from like my high school baseball jersey and then Michigan State's like numbers, that kind of stuff. And I think that probably happens more than you guys will ever realize with like the MLW content along with like mm-hmm. Kyle's interests. Um Kyle does like like a lot of different shows and movies. I know like right now in the past few years, like his number one show has been Stranger Things. Phenomenal show. Mm-hmm. And if you guys can tell, if you're fans of that show, like the soundtrack in that show is phenomenal. In my it's opinion, amazing, it's yeah. really, really well done. And I think Kyle's taken a lot of inspiration from that. And if you guys didn't notice, like the trailer for our SoFi Stadium announcement for like the whole postseason of 2022 was done to the same song, the Stranger Things 4 trailer was done too so like that's what i'm saying like oh, there's nice. a lot of overlap from our personal lives and our like other interests and things that we like that we pull into our our own content which is cool that's very cool you gotta it's not always about you know uh it's not always about if everyone you know they say like do what you do what you love and you won't work a day in your life right mm-hmm. that's 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 great and all but that that can't be that that doesn't work for everyone right like I, I really love to fish and unfortunately, you know, fishing, I'm not good at it enough to, for it to really pay the bills. But what's nice is when you can bring in your interests outside of work uh, into, you know, that work environment or inspiration and, and have that sort of like involvement. So mm-hmm. that's really cool for him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. If you say that, Jack, but this morning when I got up and knew I had to get going on the Black Friday orders again because I didn't really do anything yesterday, I was not in the best of moods because I still wasn't feeling very good. But like I said, as I got more food in my belly, the day got better and better and better. I think by tomorrow I'll be like pretty much good to go. If not tomorrow, by Wednesday for sure I'll feel like. I think tomorrow will be like a good reset day, and then like Wednesday's like, okay, I'm, I'm back, back type thing. So we'll see. Time yep. will tell. But nonetheless, Jack and I made a bunch of notes prior to today's podcast. Um regarding more about the World Series and breaking down the season as a whole and that kind of stuff as we wrap up the 2022 campaign. Um, so, Jack, to switch gears here and to mm-hmm. uh, reshift our focus back to the World Series at SoFi. Um, I'm curious. I've been curious about this, honestly, since the event happened that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a question I did not propose to you prior to the podcast. This might catch you a little bit off guard. But I'm sure you've had this thought, too. Objectively speaking... Do you think the World Series would have played out differently from a competitive standpoint if, say, the Predators had advanced from the American League instead of the Cobras? And this is not disrespecting the Cobras at all. I'm just curious what you actually think because I have some thoughts about this. Um, I don't think that. I I don't think that the result would have necessarily been different. I think that the. Uh, the Diamondbacks probably still come out on top in that series. Um, But we've seen throughout MLW's history, and this year especially, just the way teams match up against each other. And um, I I do think that the Predators would match up a little bit better against the Diamondbacks because they they were hitting so well. Um, And I think the Cobras, that was kind of like their downfall is they just like couldn't support the runs like they had that great record in the regular season 
pretty much riding off the coattails of Baranowski, just like pitching the lights out and Sawyer also pitching the lights out. So I think that coupled with Ryan's ability on the mound and their, you know, their more well-rounded batting lineup, I think it would have been a little bit more competitive, um, probably, you know, four or five games. I don't think it would have been a sweep, but I do still think that the Diamondbacks probably come out on top. What about you? What do you think, Tom? I mean, like anything, all it takes is one player, one pitch to drastically change the outcome of a series. So it's it's a really hard thing to actually try to pinpoint. Um, one thing that I wanted to note, though, number one is the Preds are a team to fight, in my opinion. Um, yep. They, they, they're never a team to back down. But the Cobras are also a team to fight this this year. Cobras do too, yeah. So that's that's hard to say. Um, I will say that in game, in game three, when the Cobras kind of fell apart at the end of the game, unfortunately, when they were down in that last inning, and then the wheels kind of came off the bus for the Cobras, that was very Cobras esque of them. I mm-hmm. think every year we see that inning for the Cobras. When I say that inning, like I think you guys know what I'm talking about. It we've seen that time and time again from the Cobras. And they had avoided mm-hmm. that inning this whole entire season up until the very, very end. Um, so I don't think we would have saw an inning quite like that from the Predators this series. So maybe that would have given them the edge in, in one of the games to get over the D-backs. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the D-backs were just so hot. And once again, the key word, the execution from the D-backs, I don't think any team is as consistent as they are and as Jimmy Norp is at stepping yeah. up in the big spot and delivering. So... I have to agree with you for the most part. I, I do think that regardless of who advanced out of the AL, that the D-backs were just, they were the right team at the right time for this World Series. I think one thing that... But I think a lot of fans would disagree, so that's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. No, I, I would still pick the D-backs in that, in that series. But what I will say is that uh, Ryan's pitching arsenal compared to... Brendan Baranowski's and Sawyer's is uh, much more elaborate and much more deep. So we saw this year in series that Cratch pitched in where he'd pitch in two games and they would almost look like completely different pitchers in those two games because of how deep his arsenal is. Um, Baranowski and Bean were both super solid on the mound. However, they kind of relied on you know, a, a few select amount of pitches. Like, they didn't have as deep of an arsenal. And for a really good hitting team like the Diamondbacks, I think they were able to pick up, you know, and they saw them earlier in the season too, which helped. Um, but they were able to pick up a lot more stuff on their pitches and do it quicker. Whereas I think if Ryan, you know, went up against the Diamondbacks, I still think the Diamondbacks would have got around to him. But it might have went five games because it would take them a little bit longer to get used to his plethora of pitches, if that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. I know Ryan also, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think Ryan has more competitive baseball pitching experience than Baranowski does. Um, mm-hmm. I know Ryan pitches right now in college, and Baranowski does not, so that might play in Ryan's favor. But overall, I do think the D-backs were just, like I said, hot at the right time. and It seemed like they were destined to get back-to-back championships, so... Um, I don't want to knock the Cobras too much. I mean, they were right there in Game 2. Game 2 was really the nail in the coffin. I think we all knew it. Um, The Cobras were two outs away from tying that series, and it's unfortunate that they couldn't if you're a Cobras fan. But um, looking at the the season as a whole, Jack, a little bit more, uh, what what were you most surprised by in 2022 in this league? Well, I think if you look at it from just uh, a league and a brand standpoint, um, I know we've been kind of beating a dead horse here over the past couple episodes about the World Series and the SoFi experience. But I must say that was just like a huge shock to me. Uh, like just when I heard that news, I was so excited. Like I was first excited and then I was kind of like, how? Like how is that even happening? Um, and I was very shocked and it was hard to to keep that information a secret. Um, the, the mini MLB series was really cool, but that wasn't as like shocking to me because like we had done some other stuff like that before. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that it wasn't like an incredible experience, but it's almost like uh, I'm a little bit more like desensitized to that, I guess. Like the SoFi was like such a bigger step up than like other stuff we had done as a league. Um, 
I would say kind of within the league and and the dynamics amongst the teams and just the competition. Um, again, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, but I must say the the hitting woes of the Magic really did surprise me. I know it surprised everyone on the Magic. I think it surprised a lot of the fans. Um, we had really high expectations going into this year, having Chadwick and Bonham for a full year. You know, we were really excited going into this this season, and it was just it was something that was like shocking. Like I almost like you know, like we talked about with Trevor, and when we broke it down with him, it was like didn't really know what to do about it necessarily. So that was a big shock, um, and. I mentioned a few times the the play of Brendan Baranowski, like just his step from last year to this year um, propelled his team to a World Series. I thought that was a big surprise. And um, I think that's a testament to Drew and his scouting that he's done, the players that he's added. Obviously got another great young player with Sawyer. Um, but those were kind of like my main things that were like surprises to me that I didn't really see coming you know, earlier, like if I would have, you know, looked at the season before it started and said like, oh, this is going to happen. These guys are going to do well. This team's going to be bad. We're going to go to this stadium, that stadium. You know, those were the things that like shocked me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with most seasons, it's true. But a lot of things did surprise me. Um, like preseason, if you told me the Diamondbacks repeated, I wouldn't have been that surprised. But if you showed me them at two and seven, I would have been like, yeah, I am kind of surprised. Yep. So that's one thing, but I think what really stood out to me this year, and I agree with everything that you said, but the play of the Predators was really, really impressive to me to be so close to getting to the World Series um, as a team that was kind of written off preseason. They mm -hmm. didn't really make any big moves in the offseason. They drafted Mac Hawley, who didn't play too much of a role on the team, at least on the field. Um, but it all kind of stemmed down to both the improvement of Ryan Cratch on the mound as well as him at the plate and the veterans, Ward on Russell. I mean, their core mm -hmm. three drastically improved from last year to this season. I think that was part of the reason why they nearly won the American League in the regular season and nearly won it in the yep. postseason. And I think to me, just the, their shift in energy and their shift in competitiveness was the biggest surprise to me. You know, I, I had them written off, like I said, preseason. Um, just with their draft selection, it seemed like there wasn't a lot of... Uh, motivation to improve there I wasn't quite mm -hmm. sure where their heads were at and I was starting to doubt the the dedication there from the Preds but um surely proved me wrong in a big way yeah I would I mean they're almost like the opposite of the magic right I feel like the magic yeah. had a little bit more expectations and we underperformed whereas the Predators for whatever reason were a little bit slept on and kind of outperformed based on what the expectations were in the beginning of the season the only reason I didn't include that honestly is that like w watching them succeed wasn't really surprising to me like I having played with those guys no, you know honestly I'm I'm within the league I'm probably the closest with Alec in terms of like friends and like you know just talking wiffle ball and stuff and competing you know I played sports with him as well mm -hmm. um so that stuff like their success didn't really surprise me I knew they were capable of that um and that's that's the only reason I kind of left that off my list. But um, hats off to the Predators. I mean, they did have a really incredible season. Ryan put together fantastic season. Russell may have had his best season in MLW to date. Um, I'd have to look at the numbies, but he he did fantastic, and and Warda obviously as well. You mentioned. I'm curious to you, Tom. Um, you mentioned. You know. You wouldn't have been surprised if the D-backs three-peated or two-peated, excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, when they were two and seven, if that if I asked you the same thing, you'd probably be a little bit surprised. Now that they have two-peated, uh, what do you think, you know, going into 2023, looking ahead, what's the percentage, you know, likelihood they could they could get the three-peat? I mean, it's it's what do you think? I mean... A lot of me wants to say that it can't be done. I shouldn't say it can't be, but the percentage is low. But I'm going to tell you why I do think there's a solid chance they can do it. And it's because of their ability to execute. 
I do think there's going to be teams that add talent in the offseason. There's teams like, you know, myself on the Mallards who have high draft picks next year, and we were already pretty solid this year and right there with the D-backs in the postseason. And we should only get better in theory. Um, the Magic mm-hmm. should add some pieces to get better. Um, the Eagles are young and improving year in and year out. The Predators, the Cobras, all strong teams. So talent-wise, I think the D-backs will be at a slight disadvantage next year in terms of what are they going to get because they don't have the highest draft pick. I think they have five or six coming from me. And you kind of know what Jimmy's going to do, and he's going to run with his core, right? So talent-wise, I think they could be kind of staying the same at their championship level, (laughs) that being. But I just, I know Jimmy. I know Heath. I know Shima. I know that they've been in big game situations more than any other team. And I've seen them be clutch time and time again. So I don't care if they're 5-10 and 10 again in the regular season and squeak into the playoffs. I just know that they're going to be fighting again in the postseason to be champions. So I know whoever gets them in the NLDS or NLCS, if they make the playoffs, are going to have their hands full. You know what I mean? And just mm-hmm. because they're not the best team in the, in the regular season doesn't mean that they're not going to step up and, and make those big plays when they need to. So um, if you want me to put a number on it, Jack? I'm going to say that the D-backs have a... I'm going to say their odds next year are about 25%. I'll give them one in four shot at repeating. That's mm-hmm. how confident I am in this group. I think that's pretty high. There's eight that teams, so, so a fair a fair amount would be 12.5% if it was all even across the board. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them twice that. I'm going to give them 25%. That's how good of a chance I think they have to repeat. I I think the 25% number, it, it sounds generous, Um but I don't really, I don't really think it is like that. I think that's pretty. Accurate. I think that's fair. I don't think that's too harsh. I, think that's I don't think fair. that's too no um, lenient. I think that's pretty fair and realistic as to what I would think going into the season. I think there's a one in four shot. This team does it. I think absolutely they have the ability to do it. I think if Vegas came out with MLW odds for World Series champion 2023, I think the Diamondbacks would have to be the favorite. Uh, like you said, like. At this point, I don't even care what their record is going into <laughs> the playoffs. It doesn't matter because we know what they can do. We've seen them do it. They have the the best chemistry of any team, you know, in their core three in the league. And I think, you know, that goes along with execution, right? And it could be arguably even um, just as important because if you don't have that chemistry, especially when it comes to defense, that's what I think makes the Diamondbacks. Yeah the best team in the league That's is huge their defense. Games. All those outs, it's every so out is huge. so important. It's when the ball hits the turf and you're getting people out, that is a difference maker, massive difference maker. So, um, you know, even like you said, the Mallards adding a top pick Eagles looking really steady. Um, when, when push comes to shove and it's in the playoffs, I mean, Jimmy and Jimmy and the, you know, the three blind mice, they got over there. I mean, they've showed <laughs> that they could, they can do it. So I, I think they absolutely could three-peat. I, it, it's going to be interesting, but um, I definitely think they have the capabilities to do it. If someone came to me right now, some MLW fan DM me and was like, hey, I need you to pick a World Series winner for 2023, and if they don't win, you got to eat the world's hottest pepper or whatever it was. Yeah. Being somewhat biased <laughs> and having some stake in the game, I'd probably say Mallards or Diamondbacks. I'm not kidding. Yeah, that's who I yeah. think I would say because Mallards at least I can, can kind of control that narrative, and and I put my best foot forward. But it's hard to bet against the D-backs. They've just proved that they can get it done. I mean, yep. Jimmy Norp is cold blooded in the postseason. He really, <laughs> he really is. It's just like those. It's it's those. It's kind of like in the NFL. And just in sports in general, right? Like there's teams where even if they have a good enough season to get into the playoffs, you're like, yeah, they're not going to go anywhere or vice versa. It's like if they can just get in, anything can happen. It's like when Brady's Brady's first season on the Bucks. Like it was hard to bet against Brady. We should have all known better, right? Than to think they were underdogs. Exactly. Okay. To wrap this one up, I'm going to keep it on the shorter side today um, as I am ill once again. Um but I had this fun idea, or I guess this innovation of an idea. I've been seeing clips on my TikTok of a duo that kind of does like fake drafts. So they'll do drafts of like Thanksgiving items, so like the number one pick in Thanksgiving will be turkey, and then they'll go like corn, and then it'll go mashed potatoes. Like so, they do like mm-hmm. each person gets a little draft board, 
of five items mm-hmm. of a certain category, and then you do it as if it were a draft. Does that make sense, Jack? Yeah. So, like, I gave you a Thanksgiving example. Um, if you were to do an example of like, like Christmas items, like you could say a Christmas tree was the number one pick, right? And then like maybe wrapping paper was number two, or a reindeer was number two. Just like items that fall into the theme. As long as you can justify it, it works. There really is no other rules than that, right? So I've been seeing this on my timeline on TikTok, and I was like, it'd be fun to do one for like backyard games slash tailgate games because that's kind of the category that wiffle ball falls under. Yep. So I'm a, I told Jack this before the show. Um, hopefully he did some research and did some thinking personally. I also um, kind of made myself a little draft board here of who I want to get on my five-man squad. And uh, Jack, out of a courtesy, I guess I'll give you the number one overall pick oh, and we can uh, go from there. That's That's generous. All right, Jack. So let's go. Backyard games, five-man squad, draft. Start us off. Okay. Um, this is so tough to go number one. I'm going to go Cornhole, number one. That's a no, that's a no-brainer number okay, one. Okay, good. Come okay, on. good. You don't even have to justify that. Okay, good. Um, really? Because I had some... Okay, that that makes me feel better then because I had some, some other ones I was considering. But uh, Cornhole, for sure. It's uh, Anyone can play Cornhole. Um, it's, it's, it's very easy, not taxing on your body. You can have conversations going on while you're doing it. Um, it's, yeah, it's this super, all, this was all in my head when super, I was making my draft yep, board as well. Super hype too. just, you know, throwing a, a bean bag into a circular hole. It's just when you get it right, you know, when you knock someone else's off the board, it's so satisfying. Um, it, it's, it's also a little bit intricate with the scoring. So it makes you think a little bit towards the end when you're mm-hmm. trying to win, a little. you know, <laughs> Just a little bit of math. Just a little bit of math, like keeps your brain sharp, not just, you know, you're just enough to keep you just enough, not too much to make you not want to play, but just enough. So number one, Cornhole. It's a solid pick. And I I like your justifications for it. That's a, that's a big reason why um, I also had Cornhole at the top of my draft board. And um, moving on to my first pick, this might be controversial, but for the reasons you said, uh, this game, it's, it's easy. It's very accessible for anybody. Um, it's a classic known by all it's bocce ball. That's my number two bocce ball. I think for the reasons I just said is a staple it belongs to the top of the draft board. And I don't think it'll be gone within our lifetime. It's going to be around forever. I love bocce ball. That's a great pick. That was my number two. Uh, okay. Well, so what, we're neck and we're, we're neck and same neck. So far. What's great about bocce ball is you can play it in any, like it doesn't have to be a backyard. You could play it at the beach. Oh, yeah. You could play it in the woods. You could play it, you know, wherever you want. It's, 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 it's awesome. It's so, and again, anyone can play it. Even cornhole, you need a flat surface, but bocce ball being on my roster, that's a, that's a player, if I may, that can adapt to its environment. You can play wherever you want. Yes. Bocce ball. Yeah. Great game. Great game. Uh, great pick. Have to say number three. Um, this is a little well, number two for number you. Number two for me. Um, this is a little bit of a tough spot, but I'm going to go with spike ball. Oh, uh, interesting. I think spike ball counts as a backyard game. For sure. You can also, like bocce ball, play it at the beach. Uh, if you're not an athlete, maybe not the best game for you. But if you do get a good group of four people who have some agility, the electricity is just like it's unmatched. You can't deny how electric spike ball is. Um, it's very, very active. Uh a little bit opposite of cornhole like you know you you, you got to have your head on a swivel you got to be ready to make a play um so co- the competitor in me says spike ball with my number two pick i would 100 percent respect it for the reasons you kind of alluded to already um i had it further down my draft board but spike ball you got to respect spike balls as a, as a as a game i mean it came out of the scene quickly within the last decade and really has has uh really made its mark mm-hmm. uh, on the backyard sports game so respect to spike ball Coming at number two on my squad, uh, shouldn't be a surprise to many. I'm going to go with wiffle ball. Okay. Um, I had this number three overall on my draft board. Um, while, yes, it does take a little bit more skill and it might require some more people compared to a game like cornhole or bocce ball, um, it's just an American staple. You know, been around for decades and decades, not going anywhere anytime soon. A game that can also kind of adapt to its environment. You can make up rules on the fly. You can use a real wiffle ball fence or like a PVC fence. Yep. Or you can just use your neighbor's hedges, you know, or your rooftop as a home run fence. Really, you can just use your imagination to its fullest, and that's why I think wiffle ball is just a great game. There can be a big skill gap, but yep. I just think that it's a classic, and it belongs on my roster. 
but I had to get it before you did. That's a good, yeah, that's a good pick. Um, had to also take it, you know, given the circumstances. We are a wiffle ball podcast. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But it earned it earned its spot. It was no that was no cakewalk for it. You no. know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not. This is unbiasedly. I think wiffle ball is up there in my in my top five of my draft board. Mm-hmm. Um, that leaves me with a lot of options. I must say for my number three pick. Um, this is crucial, Jack. This is this where is fantasy a, football where, seasons are made. Yes, you know what I mean? This is where you know it's round three. Uh, this is tough. Um. I feel like I might get some some heat for this, but I'm going to go with what my gut tells me and what I've had the most fun playing, and mm-hmm. that is lawn darts, a.k.a. jarts, okay. uh, as we call it in my family. We actually have like a, a version of it that I think was made in like the 1970s and has been passed down in our family because they don't even like make it anymore because the darts on, on it are so long and injured so many people. But you can buy legal ones now. Um, I've seen like plastic versions. Yeah, of the this plastic now. versions, which aren't as fun. But this is <laughs> this game is again. It's pretty similar to cornhole, uh, except you do kind of have to have your head on a swivel because if you aren't paying attention and you know you get hit with a dart, it's not going to be fun. Um, but it, there's just something satisfying about throwing something up in the air and having it stick in the ground, and then you know if you actually can get it into the circle, it's it's really just. It's a great, it's a great family game, you know, for people just like cornhole. Um, I've had a ton of fun playing it, so that one is could get some heat for that. I might have reached there, but that's my number three lawn darts. Some of the best games in the world involve some form of danger. Yes, right. That's just the reality of it. Um, I'm not going to promote that or encourage that to anybody. You should always be safe with what you're doing, but sometimes the danger can just make you that much more focused on the game exactly you know what i mean so good pick good pick wasn't on my draft board but this is your team you're building your championship roster so That's right. i respect it moving into number three for me once again as you said there's a lot of different directions i could go with this and i do think this pick is going to come out of left field to many but um considering the list i made before and really put some thought and effort into i'm going to go with croquet okay uh, not the most popular game i don't think many people some people might not even know what croquet is but it's a game that my family and I played growing up when we were up north. We have an old set. I just played it recently. Last year, we got the old croquet set out and set it up and played. Similar to bocce ball, cornhole. Um, really, anybody can play it. Uh, you can you can set it up wherever you want, whenever you want. You can make the game as short or as long as you want to. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's casual. It's real casual. It's a lot of fun. And I just think, it's like, once again, it's a classic. There's kind of a theme here to my roster here. That I do like the classic games, and I think croquet fits this group nicely. So... That's what I'm taking in round three. Okay. Well, that's back-to-back picks where I guess the opponent uh, didn't have those picks on our draft board. I did not have croquet on my draft board. And, um, and, and it, in all honesty, when I was doing some research you know, beforehand to make sure I wasn't forgetting any staples, I did not see croquet on any list I did. on the internet I when did it came to back. Did you? Okay. Mm-hmm. I did not, in the few web pages I viewed, see croquet listed as a, you know, a favorite backyard game slash tailgate game. But once again, I, I have a history with it, and it stuck to me, so I, it earned a spot on my team. I that makes me feel good because I I was a little bit um, worried about the lawn darts pick. That was kind of a home pick, but like you said, I'm building my squad. So as long as yeah. I'm happy with it, then that's all that really matters. Um, mm-hmm. And so on that note, uh, I'm gonna go with another one that I've just had so much fun playing. Uh, also a sport that involves a net. Um, but this one can actually involve some more people because you can just kind of make up the rules really as you go, but is badminton. Oh, if you get a badminton net and you set it up in the backyard and you, you know, whack some shuttlecocks around with your family, it's going to be a great time. Yeah, it is going to be a great time. I guarantee you, um, you know, it's, it, you, there is skill involved. Um, but at the, at the same time, you can have a lot of fun as long as you just have the slightest bit of hand-eye coordination and are willing to move your feet a tad. And it is a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that will be my fourth pick in the draft, badminton. Yeah, you just swiped that one right from me. It's like in fantasy when you're eyeing a player and the guy right before you swipes it, then you got to panic and scramble for your next Sniper. Pick. So great, great choice, Jack. I respect that one a lot. Thank you. Um, so that leaves me with a fourth-rounder to pick up here. Um this was where it got kind of tough for me. I think all these games are good for different reasons. 
But staying on the topic of nets, Jack, I think this counts as a backyard sport in my opinion. I'm going to go with the backyard volleyball game yep. or even the cross net game if you're familiar with cross net, a more advanced version of volleyball and a newer version of volleyball similar to spike ball in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think volleyball set up in the backyard, you know, more casual, probably a smaller net than normal, maybe, maybe playing doubles, you know, triples, whatever it is in a small fun setting, just bump set and spike in, you know, casually, not so intense. Yep. Great time. Great time with the family. Um, most people can get it. If you have enough people, you don't need to move your feet around too much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it's a game known by all. I think it's a great game. That's a great pick. I've I've had so much. You think fun. that falls in this category? I think that one was kind of borderline, but I think if I'm allowed, me, a lot of a lot yeah. of households have the cheap, you know, rinky dink volleyball set, and that can be a lot of fun. I think if I'm allowed to pick badminton, you're allowed to pick backyard volleyball. Um, I had them both on my board yeah. back to back, so yeah, yeah, for sure. I've uh, I've had so much fun playing backyard volleyball. Um, very active game, and separates the men from the boys for sure. Um, like I said, once you can make it that way if you're playing like doubles. Right. Like say it's like six on six, then you're not really moving around much That's at true. all. It's just a good time for yes, everybody. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It's a it's an all encompassing game, is what it is. It is for sure. Um, similar to badminton. Mm-hmm. So now I gotta now I gotta go with a fifth rounder here. Yeah, round um, it off. Finish strong. I, st- I still got options that I like on my board. Okay. Uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm going to go with a pick. I'm not sure how many people have actually, I guess, played this, but they should. It's very fun. And again, you can get a lot a lot of people involved um, with not too much physical activity, and it's fun, but it is the huge Jenga, I guess you would describe it, just oh, like, light, wow. like like massive Jenga. I don't know what the Interesting pick. What the general term is. It? Giant Jenga. Giant Jenga. Giant there Jenga, you go. Giant is, Jenga. The, is the term. Yeah, there's the term. Um. I mean, Jenga is already fun in general, but when you can make when you can make the blocks like ten times as big, and when it falls, if you're not paying attention and it hits you in the foot, it might actually hurt. Um, it raises the stakes a little bit, and and it makes people care about Jenga uh, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much louder when those ones fall, and then everyone goes Jenga. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty fun. So. Um, that's my late fifth rounder. I had some other ones on there that I liked, but um, I've had, again, I've had a lot of fun playing that one. So I'll go with Giant Jenga for my fifth pick. That's a great choice. One that was not even on my radar, um, but I'm kind of jealous that it's on your squad. That's a, <laughs> it's a great pick. I, I don't have Giant Jenga. I have played it before at grad parties and whatnot. Even at my own grad party, I'm pretty sure my parents rented a Giant Jenga set. Mm-hmm. Um, what a time. Jenga's a great game. It is. Phenomenal game. It is. It's, it's such a small game, but it can get so competitive. Yes. On a small scale. And then you do giant, it's like, you know, bigger is better type thing. So that leaves me with the final choice of the evening. And I have two available choices on my board. Um, I don't necessarily love either one. I've had great times playing both of them at certain points in my life, but right now, not too involved in either one. Um, but... I'm going to round it off with ladder ball. Yep. Um, a good game, a good backyard game. I, we did build a set of this when I was a kid, just out of PVC, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I've seen it played different ways and scored different ways, and that always upset me because when we played on our little homemade set, we always had the top rung of ladder ball was a three-pointer and the bottom was a one. Yep. But I've seen them sold at the store with like a three-pointer being the bottom mm. and the one on top. I never really understood that. But anyway, I think it's a staple, so I think it does fit my group well. Um, similar to cornhole, it's often seen at grad parties. That, that kind is of a stuff. grad not, party it's, staple. It's, it's, it's not. It's not too foreign when you see it out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it, it fits the role well. So, um, I'm not ashamed of that in the fifth round. I think overall, I built a pretty good squad. It's like it's weird because it's like if you've never even played that game, you walk up to it at a grad party, and somehow in your your brain just goes, "Oh, I grab this and I throw it at that." Like you don't yeah. even have to explain mm-hmm. it to anyone really, which is why it's so fun. Again, a lot of these the theme is you know anyone can play it. Um, somewhat active, but not too active. Uh, I also had that on my board, was debating taking it in my five spot. So uh, good pick, Tom. Good job. Way to round it out. Thank you. Thank you. Any honorable mentions you'd like to give a shout out to that didn't quite make your team? Yeah, um, I had wash or toss. Um, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people really play this. I went through a phase of playing it, but it, as did I. That yeah, was my other choice that just, I had there in the fifth round. Yeah, it's kind of just like a... Uh, 
it's almost just a worse version of cornhole in a way. Like you might as well just play cornhole. Um, it's a different game, but it's kind of the same concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I had can jam on there just because that was, that might've been a, a vote that people would like. I personally don't like can jam, so I didn't select it. Um, to be on, to be honest here, moment, a little confession here. Can Jam was like a high prospect for me, and somehow it, it got deleted off my list and didn't get put back on here. Really? Not saying I would have picked it, but I like Can Jam a lot. Really? I, I enjoy that game. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe it's just because I can't throw a Frisbee. That's probably it. But that, That'll do it. Yeah, that'll, that'll do, do it. it for you. Um, that, <laughs> that will do it. Uh, I had Horseshoes. That's a great game. Um, I do like Horseshoes. It's not as common anymore just because, like, People just don't have that like laying around. Horseshoes is great. It's I love great. horseshoes. It's great. It's not as common, but it is great. Um, the thing, let me let me intervene. Let me interject here for a second. Um, the thing with horseshoes, and I can even say this about cornhole, is horseshoes can be frustrating when it's not to the highest quality. Like I play, I like playing with a metal ring or metal, you know, stake in the ground properly with metal horseshoes. You yeah, know, this plastic stuff that you see at parties sometimes is not no. the same. No, the same thing goes. I'm picky about this too. Um, and this isn't a bash. This isn't a dig at anybody necessarily, but because um, it is still fun. But high quality cornhole sets versus low quality cornhole sets are night and day different. Like if you go to the store and buy yourself a cornhole set, you're still gonna have a good time. You're yeah. gonna get your money's worth out of it, right? But if you build yourself a cornhole board and sew together real bags, it's a whole other level of cornhole. It's way better, in my opinion. It's not even comparable. I I agree with yeah. you with that. Um, but I would take cornhole still well over like wash or toss I or would even too, horseshoe sure. games that are have mm-hmm. similar type concepts are a little bit different, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the only other one I had was, uh, <laughs> I put tether ball on there because, Oh wow. Because, the, Schultz's, the Schultz's used to have tether ball. So I don't even know if I know how to play tether ball, but <laughs> I just I saw it on a website and instantly I thought of the scene and kicking and screaming. Kicking, I said the same and thing while you're talking, kicking and screaming. Yes, I instantly thought Classic of that and movie. I was like, "Wow, what a great game!" Uh, just because that movie's so funny. So I put Tetherball on there. I probably I wasn't gonna pick it. I don't think unless you you know sniped all the ones I wanted. Mm-hmm. But that I guess that's an honorable mention to to put out there. That's that's a good one to put on there. Yeah. Um, fun fact for you guys too. When I looked this up. Um, one of the websites that had like a top five or top ten list had wiffle ball on there. Oh, and that was accompanied by a picture of me hitting at the meadows, which is pretty funny. No way! <laughs> that was the first time I've ever like accidentally stumbled across a piece of our content. So that was kind of cool. That's wow. That's actually that's awesome. <laughs> that is wild, so isn't it? Cool. Pretty wild. That's so cool. I didn't even but see wiffle ball on any of the sites I looked at. The very first site that I had had wiffle ball like number four or something like that. That's, it really is a great game. I mean, let's. I mean, we're obviously biased here. It's but under the radar because it's been around for so long. And there's these new games like yeah. Can Jam, Giant Jenga, Spike Ball that are really really popular. Wiffle ball, it's like the ham and cheese sandwich of backyard sports. It's it just is. a classic. It's all. It's a classic. It's also with all of these on. All of these on the board, all the ones we picked, it's definitely the cheapest too to play. Oh yeah, for sure, for like sure. Not even close. So you go to your local store, you spend it's up a little bit now. Six what bucks, six ninety nine, yeah, seven bucks so, yeah. now. Inflation. Get yourself a bat and ball, and you're good to go. Yeah, that's all you need. You can literally drag a chair off your deck, and that's your strike you can, zone. You can do that, and then you use you something up, for bases, and hats. It's it's a jack. It starts with that seven dollars, and then before you know it, you got a fence, you got a <laughs> strike zone, you got bases, you got paint on the ground. It's a slippery slope. That's true, but that's only <laughs> but well that's, worth every penny. I was, that's only because the game's so much fun to play, and you just want to make it better. It you know what I mean? It is. It's every kid's dream having a wiffle ball field that's like better than your best friends in your backyard. It's awesome. It really is. It's a great um, backyard game. But yeah. That was a fun little game. I enjoyed it. I think it was a fun way to wrap up this week. We'll have to um, put out like a poll somewhere on some social media site or something. We should. On who won. We should. We can do a poll. We can take our top four. It's so like our top, my, your top two picks and my top two picks and do a vote as to what people think are the best um, game. We could also do a poll as to who had the better roster between me and you. That's, what, that what, I was, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Maybe that's the move. Maybe that's yeah. the move to see who we think is a better team straight up. Mm-hmm. I, I like that idea a lot. Yeah. One more thing I want to leave you guys with if you stuck around this long. Um, we have a tournament in two weeks in Houston. 
in the Houston area in Texas. That's our second year being there. Um, MLW guys, they're gonna go to MLW guys that are gonna be there are myself, Kyle Schultz, um, Alec Warda, Trevor Bonham, and Nick Saylor, I believe, is the crew. Also, Dallas Allen and Blade Walker will be there, younger guys. But we are going to have a special guest, Josh Jung from the Texas Rangers. He will be there actually playing in this tournament as well, which is super cool. We've never had an MLB player play in one of our tournaments before. So if you guys are in the Houston area, or if you're not, want to make a little weekend trip out of it, there's still time to sign up on MLWWiffleBall.com, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. Have fun. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be cool seeing a, a big leaguer out there. So. That's going to be a great time. Is Whose team is he playing on? Does he have his own? So the plan as of right now, um, it's going to be, I think he's on like an MLW roster. Nice. I think we were going to have like two or three MLW guys and then him. And then I was going to be like, not officially, well, I'll be rostered, but not like playing mm. like more on the administrative side of the tournament. And then if he has to leave for whatever reason, then I would, I would, uh, You'd step in, sub in, but that was also the plan like before today. And we actually confirmed the plans today and we're going to announce it on Instagram, um, tomorrow. So I don't think that'll be an issue. So maybe I'll just play. We'll see. But Sweet. yeah, he's uh Josh Jung will be there. So Give him a Google if you don't know who that is. He's on the Rangers. And, uh, yeah, we're excited. So shout out to Josh for uh, getting in contact with us and uh, coming out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Heck, yeah. Going to be a blast. Go sign up for that, folks. Jack, it's been tough doing this one virtual after seeing you week after week after week. Yeah. But um, I appreciate you accommodating my illness. I, like I said, I didn't want to get you sick. So we'll be back next week. Yes, sir. And, uh, of course, we're going to keep the guests coming in, guys. This was just uh, a slower-paced pod. Wanted to keep it on the shorter end. Um, but let us know who you want to hear from in the league. I plan on just making my rounds around this league and getting guys on and just talking whiffs, talking life. Um, we've got a couple other guests in the works too that are outside the MLW sphere, but still in the YouTube space, the sports space, that kind of stuff. So a lot of stuff to be excited about. Um, but let, you got a guest in mind, someone you want to see us get, whether in MLW or not, um, let us know. We'd appreciate it. Peace. But for now, yeah, thanks for tuning in. As Jack said, peace. Jack, guess what I just did during that break? Pick up dog poop. How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> how did you How did you know that? All right, dude, was that my, was that my mom? I heard you say. I heard you say. Guess what I just picked up off the floor? <laughs> <laughs> well, dude. We had my neighbor's dog over here this morning for, I don't even know why. I come downstairs feeling all sick still. And my mm-hmm. neighbor's dog is running around. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I had heard that it pooped down in this basement next to my dad's little work area. But I guess he didn't look around very good because I just saw a turd sitting in the corner. <laughs> I picked it up. <laughs> Ew.